All right, let's talk about the Bible now, okay? Try to make up for all this. Um, I, uh, I wanted to use the story of Joshua today. The whole, the whole idea for this day really morphed off the movie Courageous. I know you're going to have a hard time understanding how we got from Courageous to Blues Brothers, but it's too, too big of a story to go into. But the movie Courageous uh, has been very, very popular out there. I really recommend it to you. We're going to do the theme song from it at the end. Great, song, uh, great movie uh, written, done by a church, and, uh, you know, really just, I mean, it's not Oscar-winning, you know, kind of material, but it was a phenomenal movie about the dads stepping up and being dads, and that's the theme of our day. And uh, the scripture that they kind of based everything off of was the scripture from Joshua, where God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous, and that's our message for fathers this weekend. Let me tell you about let me tell you about Joshua. Okay, Joshua is the guy that's going to take over from Moses and lead the children of Israel into the Promised Land. He's got a whole book uh, written in his honor about the story of of his leadership in the Old Testament, and he's an important guy, and I think it's going to be a really good lesson for us as we try to figure out how to lead into the 21st century, how for us to take the lead and go on. Okay, imagine that you're Joshua. You're the guy who's taking over for the guy who could speak to God in a burning bush. He's the guy that can throw his staff down and it turns into a snake, pick it up, it turns into a rod again. He can put his hand up with his staff and part the Red Sea and let people, millions of people walk through on dry land. This is the guy that you're following, okay? Now imagine that. So he's scared. And so God says to him, be strong and courageous over and over again. Let me give you four principles we learned from the life of Joshua that will help you if you're a dad, if you're a mom, um, if you're, you know, if you're a Christian in any regard, I think this message is for you. We pick up in Joshua 1.1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses aid, Moses, my servant is dead. <laughs> Does that seem a little abrupt to you? I mean, I'm hoping that like, you know, my eulogy is a little bit better than ding dong PT is dead, you know, I mean, because that's kind of what this sounds like. And maybe we're losing something in translation here, but I don't think we are. The very first principle, if you're going to if you're going to move on and be the leader in your family now, and I hope if you're a young person, you're going to listen really hard to me today because you're going to be a parent probably someday and you're going to need to understand this. And the first thing that you've got to do is kill your past. You got to kill your past. Moses is dead. Okay. Again, Moses, Joshua is following this legend. And some of you as fathers here today are following fathers that were unbelievable. And, and they had a great reputation and they left a, a great legacy. And you're like, man, I could never live up to that. Well, I'm in the same boat. Okay. My in-laws uh, were uh, in ministry, all of them. My wife's father is one of four brothers that started uh, a gospel quartet that traveled all around the country and did evangelism work. And they even had television show back in the 50s and 60s, back you know in the early days of television. And they were so famous. I mean, they had a nationally syndicated show called Homestead USA that they used to pretend like they were filming down in Lebanon, Missouri, where they all grew up on the farm and mom and dad were in on it and the kids were in on it. It's kind of this, you know, family leave it to beaver kind of show. But it was Christian underpinnings and it was called Homestead USA. They went to Hollywood to film it, but it was, you know, one of these nationally syndicated things. And it was such a big deal that they were actually contestants on I've Got a Secret. Some of you old people remember that. That uh, Sorry if I called you old. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, you got you to gotta see these. You're not even going to, some young people aren't even going to understand when I say Johnny Carson is one of the contestants on the show. He's one of the game players on the show. And, and my in-laws are on I've Got a Secret. And their secret is that they have this show. And, uh, and I just want you to watch a clip of it because somebody dug it up off of YouTube or AMC sometime recently. This is my legacy I have to live up to. That's my in-laws. And uh, no, Denise wasn't up there. It's 1959. She's way 
younger than that. She wasn't born yet, but that's the legacy. Uh, and then on the other side, I have my family. My dad is here. My parents are here this weekend celebrating with us. My dad's going to help us with something at the end of this sermon. Um, you know, my mom's family helped start the Bible college that I went to. Her brothers are in ministry and a lot, you know, a lot of the families in ministry. My dad and his, some of his family have been in ministry all their life. My dad had great ministries in Oklahoma and Colorado and Indiana. And th- those are the legacy things that I have to follow along with. And every once in a while, I start looking at myself and going, you know what? I, I'm not good enough to measure up to that legacy. What would God say to me? Mo's dead. Moses is dead. It's time for you. It's time for you to step up. Now, here's the problem. As I'm saying that, most of you have checked out already, right? Most of you are like, man, you have no idea where I live, Tim. I mean, I got no legacy. If I got a legacy, it's not Moses, it's Judas. You don't understand my family. I followed Charles Manson or Marilyn Manson or one of the Manson family. I mean, you have no idea what kind of a horrible legacy was left to me. And it's hard for you to think about being a father or a mother or being a leader or following Jesus because the truth of the matter is you're not even sure how to do it. You never had an example. And you're thinking, I could not possibly do this because I don't know what I'm doing at all. And God has three words for you. Moses is dead. It's time to move on. It's time for you to kill the past. Whether it was a good past or a bad past, it's time for you to kill it and move on and see what God has in store, what new promised land is out there for your family. He goes on, Now then, Joshua, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them, the Israelites. It's time for you to move on. It's time for you to get ready to go. And here's our charge, ladies and gentlemen, from Joshua 1, verse 6. So here's what I'm going to tell you, Joshua. Kill the past first, and here's my charge. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you and do not turn to the right or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Notice three times. God says to Joshua, the, the, the person who's afraid to be the leader, three times he says, be strong and courageous. One time, very courageous. It's a great theme for Father's Day. This is guy's language. Little boy was afraid one night. It was like last night at his house, and there were thunderstorms going on, and he was afraid, and he cried out to his mom. He said, Mommy, can you come in here and sleep with me? And she cried back, No, honey, i got to sleep in here with Daddy. And a little bit later, the little boy said, A big sissy. I mean, that's, that's true. Isn't it true? Men are scared. I'm just going to tell you right now, ladies, you may think we look confident, but we're scared. Joshua is scared. He's getting ready to be the leader of the biggest whiny bunch of people that you've ever met in your life. And people who wish they were back in slavery. And God looks at Joshua and he says, you the man. And Joshua's like, come on, man. Seriously, I'm a big sissy. I don't think I can do this. And God's looking at you, parents, right now, fathers, mothers, and he's looking at you and he's saying, you're the man, you're the woman. He's looking at you, young people, and he's saying, you are the man for your generation. You have a promised land to lead the next generation into. So you need to kill the past. And then he goes on and he says, the other thing that you need to do is you need to not get distracted. Look at this. Be strong and courageous and be careful to obey all the law my servant gave to you. And don't turn to the right or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. If Joshua is going to be successful, he's got to stay on the path. 
We did a whole series on this uh, last fall, a whole series on on staying on the right path and making sure because it's easy for us to get off the path. It's easy for guys especially to get distracted. The right path is to follow God and to love your spouse and to take care of your family and put everything else in a priority behind that. But we get that confused. You've heard the old song, I heard a new take on the cats in the cradle this week. Many of you have heard that old song. It's Terry Chapin's like only hit anybody ever remembers. He, it was the cats in the cradle with the silver spoon. This old song that always made dad feel guilty everywhere they went. You know, my child arrived the other day, came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. And he learned to walk while I was away. And you know, the kid grows up and then all of a sudden you get to the end of it and the dad's retired and he wants to spend time with the kids. And the, and the kid says, well, yeah, dad, the new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu, but it's sure nice to talking to you. And, and he hung up, the, as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, my boy had grown up just like me. And Harry Chapin sang that song and you've heard it a million times on the radio. And I always thought, wow, that's a great story. That's a great testimony, a great reminder to stay on the path for Father's Day. Here's the backside of the story you don't know. Harry Chapin didn't write that song. You know who wrote that song? His wife. Yeah, it changes the whole thing, doesn't it? His wife wrote the song after their son Joshua was born. And Harry heard it and said, that's a great song. I need to sing it. And he sang it. And he sang it, sang it, sang it all over the country. And he did not heed his own advice or his wife's own advice. He just went around and sang the song all over the country. When his son Joshua was seven years old, he was on a, a year that had 200 concerts scheduled in it. And his wife called him and said, you need to come home. When are you going to spend some time with your family? Quit singing the song and start doing what it's talking about. And he said, I promise I will later on in the summer. And he never made it because he was in a car accident and he died. He didn't even listen to, the, to his own advice. Your path is to follow God, to love your wife, love your husband, love your kids, and then take care of everything else. Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, said, uh, a reporter asked him what his priorities were, what his values were, and he said, I believe in God, my family, and McDonald's. And that's okay. He said, the problem is when I get to work, I often switch the priorities. And I think we do too. And it may not be work, it may be maybe your, your hobbies, it may, it may be a pastime, it may be, it may be something, another relationship, it may be something else, it may be something completely different. But we've, if we're going to be successful as men, we've got to stay on the path. Jesus said, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many find it, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and few find it. So, so what God tells Joshua is, first of all, kill the past, Moses is dead. Second of all, stay on the course, stay there. Okay? I know, guys, you're famous for not even listening to your own GPS. You're, you're, gonna, you're not going to listen to directions, but stay on the path. And then, then your next question is going to be, well, okay, Tim, how do I know what the right path is? Well, that's number three. You learn the book. He goes on the next verse. He says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. This is the path. This is how you find the path. You learn the book. And what does he say? Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, now don't hear that like I'm a TV preacher and I'm telling you that God wants you to be rich, okay? I'm giving away my second daughter in marriage a week from today, okay? 
As I, as, I, as I go through this week, and you know, it's already starting, the memory's flooding back and thinking about, you know, how do we get to this point? I mean, you've you got to understand, Lauren was in her mother's womb when we moved to Tinley Park to take this church and to start our ministry here. She is kind of the story of Parkview. She has been all the way through. She's been, it's been her life through this whole journey here. And, and as we think about, think back to everything that's gone on, I'm going to be thankful for the money that we had to be able to take vacations or to put her into college or to pay for the wedding. I'm not saying that the the, the prosperity and success from a financial standpoint isn't important, but those are not the things we're going to reminisce about this week, are they? They're going to be the good times. They're going to be the the family times when we spent together. They're going to be the the, the things that we shared together. They're going to be her baptism. It's going to be the the times when she went off on missions trips and God changed her heart. Those are the things that are going to be important. When God promises that if we learn the book and we meditate on his law day and night, that we're going to be prosperous and successful, it doesn't mean that you're going to be the next Donald Trump. It doesn't mean that you're going to have riches. It means that God's going to take care of the important things. And probably the more you're in this book, the more you're going to realize that the important things really are the important things. Am I right? It comes from walking down that path. And I know some of you are here right now and you're like, man, I have no idea what that book says. I wouldn't know where to open up to find Joshua. I wouldn't know what to do with it. You know what? Somebody just might have invited you here today and promised you ribs afterwards if you'd come. That's all great. We're really glad that you're here. And we really want to help you. We really want to help you. We hope you'll be here. We try to, we try to do this here, you know, at, at church. And, you know, I had somebody tell me the other day, you know, Tim, I think you preach at a, about a fifth or sixth grade level. I can always understand what you're doing. And I'm, I'm like, there's a reason for that. I'm at a fifth or sixth grade level. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, it, 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 this, is, this, is, this is what we do here, okay? And we have a courageous men's Bible study that's getting ready to start up. And we have small groups and we have all kinds of opportunities to help you to be in the Word. That's what's so important. We have books available for you out there. A couple books I really recommend are from my friend Dave Stone, who preaches down in Louisville, Kentucky, because they're man-sized books. And that's the opposite of what you would normally think. They're really, really small, okay? Those are man-sized books, because most guys don't read very much. But guys, you could get these on the way out and read and learn how to be a better dad, learn how to leave a legacy, okay? So he tells Joshua, kill the past, um, you know, don't worry about Moses and where he was and who he was. It's your turn. It's your turn to go on now. Kill the past. I want you to stay on the right path and do all the right things. I, I want you to meditate on my word because my word is going to help you to stay on the path. But overall, over all of those principles is the most important one. And it's the fourth one to trust the father. He says in all the way through this, just listen to this language. He starts off in verse three. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Does that sound familiar? That's a promise God made over and over again. As a matter of fact, Jesus made the same promise to the disciples. He said, at the very last thing, he said, I will be with you. If you were here Christmas time, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. That's the promise that we have from God. God does not promise that you're not going to have some fearful situations. Joshua was getting ready to walk into hostile territory. He was getting ready to go uh, to the battle of Jericho. The very first thing he was going to have to do. This is not going to be easy. I'm not here to tell you that it's going to be easy to be a father in the 21st century, guys. 
I know that that's true. But like Joshua, we can be strong and courageous because God has given us the solution to fear. He has given us himself. And the most courageous thing we can do is to realize that we are on his side. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Did you notice all that language? Who's doing the heavy lifting? Not me. I will be with you. I I have given them to you. I do not leave you or forsake you. And you might say, well, I don't feel his presence. It doesn't matter. He promised he was going to be with you. You might say, well, I don't deserve him to be with me. Neither do I. Welcome to the club. Neither did Joshua. Neither did Moses. Moses was a murderer. He promised he would be with you. You say, well, I'm not Joshua. I'm not, I'm not Moses. Doesn't matter. He promised that he would be with you. God is our father and he can't stop loving us and he can't get away from us because he loves us. And he is strong enough to take care of all of our problems. We're, there's an old song we used to sing. I, I got to be honest with you. It really, I really hated it. We killed it back in church days, but it was he is exalted. And you remember that old song? He is exalted. The king is exalted. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, that song. Okay. And that was like back in the days when we were first like getting away from hymns. And we said, okay, this isn't a hymn. Let's sing this song. But my six-year-old daughter at the time, Becca, uh, came up to us one day. and She said, Dad, what's that song? He is exhausted? No. No, that's not it, Becca. Um, no, God's not tired, okay? I don't want you to be worried about that. God didn't rest on the seventh day from creation because he was like, boy, am I tired. I need to go golf, and I wonder if the U.S. opens on today. He did that to set an example to us. Isaiah says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow tired. He does not grow weary. You don't have to worry if you can trust the Father. And that's really important. I love this memo. Memo from God to you today from the boss. I'm God. Today I'll be handling all of your problems. Please remember that I don't need your help. If it, life happens to deliver a situation that you think you cannot handle, do not attempt to resolve it. Kindly put it in the SFGTD box. Something for God to do box. I, I, I mean, really, I think... Some of you, you know, Jesus said, do not worry. Your heavenly father knows about the sparrows. He knows about the hairs on your head. You don't need to worry. Maybe we ought to actually get an SFGTD box, put it somewhere in your house so that when there's something that's really bothering you, something that's really worrying you, you can just go put it over there and let him handle it because he does. I, I, don't, I, I don't know what God looks like, but I love it when God describes himself to me. One of these times in the Old Testament, Job is complaining. He has a right to, but he's complaining to God about all the things that are going on. And finally, God starts to get a little bit testy back with Job. And at one point, he says, do you have an arm like God's, Job? And I think he flexed. I think he, you know, do you have an arm like God's? I think he flexed. And the Rocky Mountains popped up. And, and all of a sudden, Job went, oh, wow, I probably ought to just mind my own business here, right? I mean, there's so many scriptures about the arm of the Lord. I love that. It's a fun Bible study for you sometime. Jeremiah 27 says, with my great power, but listen to the, the, to the tense of outstretched arm. Outstretched arm, right? Uh, with my great power and outstretched arm, I made the earth and its people and the animals are in it. And I give to anyone who I have, please. Verse uh, 17 to 32. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Notice he says arm. It's always about arm. Does God only have one arm? No, I believe that what God is saying here is whatever your problem is, I could handle it with one arm tied behind my back. 
I don't even need both of my arms. Maybe you feel inadequate as a father or mother. I keep coming back to that because I have all of my life. And it's just very, very common. Yeah. I heard two school kids bragging <laughs> in the schoolyard one day, and one kid said, my daddy can beat up your daddy. And the other kid said, big deal, so can my mom. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. I'm like, uh, Don't look to me for strength here, friends. This is, this is not it. I need, the only reason that I can be possibly a decent dad is because I have the strength of my almighty father. I, I, uh, I was ATVing last month. I, I love to go off in the woods. I love to go where no man has gone before. But let me, let me just give you a little hint, okay? Don't ever go ATVing somewhere on an ATV that doesn't have a winch on the front, okay? Now, if you ladies don't know what a winch is, it's this really powerful little electric motor with a cable that's hooked up to it so that if you get stuck, as I was a month ago a couple of times, if you get stuck on a hill where you're spinning out and you can't do anything and you're wondering, how am I in the middle of nowhere? How am I going to get out of this? All you have to do is take the cable, tie it onto a tree, hit the little button, and it's this really super powerful little motor just pulls the ATV out of your hole like it was a, a, big, a big, big wheel, plastic big wheel. I mean, it's just amazing. And then you can reset it, and then you can pull the winch back in and head off again. I, I, that's, that's how I live my life, okay? I'm not going to be afraid. You shouldn't be afraid to go into where no one has gone before. You shouldn't be afraid to go be a father if that's what God's calling you to be. You shouldn't be afraid to go follow God and do what God wants you to do. Don't be afraid of that because you know that whatever situation you get in, your heavenly Father has a great big arm. He's got two of them. He only needs one at a time, and he can pull you out of whatever situation is going on. Paul said it in, in the New Testament. He said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Understand what Jesus said. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Fathers, mothers, people. So apart from me, you can do nothing. We've got to understand we've got a great big God. We've got to understand that you know, when the bear starts to charge at us, I'm a guy on a buffalo. <laughs> Let's hear for the guy on a buffalo again. I mean, hey, it's my sermon time. When it's your sermon time, you can show your cute little kitty videos if you want to. I decided to show that again because I showed that a couple of months ago, and, and it just really resonated with the guys. All the ladies were like, what was that all about? I didn't understand it. It doesn't matter. It's not your day. It's our day. We understand that, okay? We understand that. All the, you know, I mean, that's, but it's such a perfect illustration for what I'm talking about. I had to show it again. Some people said, maybe next year you should come in on a buffalo, Tim. We're going to work on that, okay? I don't know. Hey, bear, bet you didn't know. I'm a guy on a buffalo. I'm going to chase him back. That's what I, that's how I want you to handle fatherhood, guys. That's how I want you to handle parenting. That's how I want to, I want you to handle your life. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Because our God is for us. Who can be against us? Uh, we're going to use uh, the theme song from Courageous in, in a minute. If you haven't seen the movie, again, I'd encourage you to see it. It's really, it's, it's not Oscar-nominated quality, but it's a really good movie about dads. And um, I was going to show you the scene at the end. Now, that's the thing that you got on the way in. As a matter of fact, if you didn't get one of these, would you hold your hand up? Because I'm going to have some ushers come around and, and give one. All the men in the room ought to have one of these. If you didn't get one, hold your hand up, and we'll have some guys come around and get them. We're going to go through this together. This is a present for you. you got two presents today, dads. you got a window cling for the back of your car, unless you're a lousy 
Chicago driver, put it on the back of your car and, and, uh, and tell other people that you go to Parkview. And you got this. And this is something that, uh, this is the resolution from the movie Courageous. This is what they do at the end. Okay. And we're going to do this and it, we put it on fancy paper so you can take it home and sign it and have your wife witness it or somebody witness it, maybe frame it, put it on the wall, do something with it because I think this is really cool. Okay. The scene that I was going to show is the scene at the end where the guy gives a speech about how we need to be strong and courageous as fathers. And then I decided it'd be more cool if I had my father come and actually give the speech. So that's what we're going to do. The way this ending is going to go is uh, our, our band is going to come out and do the theme from Courageous and uh, just kind of help you to understand uh, exactly what's going on after I show you uh, one more movie scene. It's Father's Day. We got the new HD. We got to do movies, okay? And um, I mean, Brave Fart's been overdone, so this time it's Saving Private Ryan. All right? That's what I'm talking about. The the ending killer scene, again, ladies, if you don't know this movie, uh, Private Ryan was the fourth son of this family, and the other three sons had been killed in battle already. And uh, the, the general decides that he can't possibly let this fourth son die, so he goes to extraordinary measures to save Private Ryan. Uh, and many people died trying to save Private Ryan to get him back home so that he could be back home with his mother so that his mother wouldn't have lost all four of her sons in battle. Okay, that's the setup for the movie. Matt Damon is Private Ryan. And uh, the scene I'm going to show you is the ending scene where he goes to visit the grave of the captain who gave his life for him. And he starts to reminisce and he starts to wonder, was it was I was I worth it? Was it worth it for these people to die? Did I do everything that I was supposed to do? Yes, his wife. Tell me I'm a good man. I mean, deep in the heart of all of us fathers here, it's a question that we have to ask ourselves. Am I worth it? Am I doing it? And I'm, what I'm hoping is going to happen is that as you see this scene, spend a little time listening to this song. As my dad reads this speech and then we get up and we read this covenant together that Father's Day 2012 will be a year you remember Jake and Elwood coming into church. Sure, that's all fine. But it'll be the day that you remember coming back to a point where you said, you know what, I'm actually going to do this. I'm going to kill the past. I'm going to stay on the path. I'm going to follow the word. I'm going to trust the father and I'm going to be who God wants me to be. Let's watch. Let's talk about the resolution. I now believe that God desires for every father to be, uh, to courageously step up and do whatever it takes to be involved in the lives of his children. But more than just being there, providing for them, he's to walk with them through their young lives and be a visual representation of the character of God, their father in heaven. A father should love his children and seek to win their hearts. He should protect them, discipline them, and teach them about God. He should model how to walk with integrity and treat others with respect and should call out his children to become responsible men and women who live their lives for what matters in eternity. Some men will hear this and mock it or ignore it. But I tell you that as a father, you're accountable to God for the position of influence that he's given you. You can't fall asleep at the wheel only to wake up one day and realize that your job or your hobbies have no eternal value. But the souls of your children do. Some men will hear this and agree with it, but have no resolve to live it. Instead, they'll live for themselves and waste the opportunity to, to leave 
a godly legacy for the next generation. But there are some men who, regardless of the mistakes that have been made in the past, regardless of what our fathers did not do for us, will give the strength of our arms and the rest of our days to loving God with all that we are and to teach our children to do the same and whenever possible to love and mentor others who have no father in their lives but who desperately need help and direction. So we're inviting any man whose heart is willing and courageous to join us in this resolution. We're going to have Dad uh, lead this out. I'm like, I want to ask every man in the room to stand right now. That way nobody's going to get left out. If you're a young man and you're not a father yet, it doesn't matter. You hopefully will be someday. Maybe you're not even sure you're in on this. It's all good. All the men stand up and you fill in your name and my dad is going to lead us and we're going to read this together. And you can read it from the bottom of your heart or you can just read it to do whatever you feel like doing today. But I hope that you will read this resolution. I hope you will. And then he's going to pray for us. And then I hope you'll take it home. Uh, have somebody, you know, a, a prayer partner, your wife, somebody witness it, sign it, put it somewhere where you see it. Maybe every day. This is our resolution. I, I Dan, Dan Harlow, do solemnly resolve before God to take full responsibility for myself, my wife, and my children. I will love them, protect them, serve them, and teach them the Word of God as the spiritual leader of my home. I will be faithful to my wife to love and honor her and be willing to lay down my life for her as Jesus Christ did for me. I will bless my children and teach them to love God with all of their hearts, all of their minds, and all of their strength. I will train them to honor authority and to live responsibly. I will confront evil, pursue justice, and love mercy. I will pray for others and treat them with kindness, respect, and compassion. I will work diligently to provide for the needs of my family. I will forgive those who have wronged me and reconcile with those I have wronged. I will learn from my mistakes, repent of my sins, and walk with integrity as a man answerable to God. I will seek to honor God, be faithful to His church, obey His word, and do His will. I will courageously work with the strength God provides to fulfill this resolution for the rest of my life and for His glory. Pray for us, William. Let's pray. Father God, we're just grateful for this time, this day when we can remember our fathers, some of us whose fathers have passed on. And when we as, as fathers can be uh, focused today on the task that's before us, Father, help us to, uh, to be able to trust in you, to be strong and to be courageous, to get into your word, to stay focused on the path and to forget the past, especially those things perhaps that may be, may be of a negative nature. I want to pray today, Father, for the mothers who are fulfilling the responsibilities perhaps of fathers who are for whatever reason absent, and for each and every dad uh, and help us just to acknowledge the great responsibility that we have and the importance that we have of trusting in you, being strong, being courageous, and being all that you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated, fathers. Thank you.
going to have communion now. Um, and as I said, next week, you know, I'm giving my daughter away in marriage. And, you know, we get to communion. It's always a time for me to think about what I've done right, what I've done wrong. When I get to uh, a wedding to give my daughter away next week, it'll be easy for me to think of all the times that I've blown it as a father. The Harry Chapin moments, you know, the times I wasn't there, the times I wasn't patient or loving or listened well enough. I'm not really that great of a father. You probably think it all comes natural, but really I'm not. And the beauty of the whole situation as a Christian father is I know that I'm really just pinch hitting for Lauren's real father. Wherever I've failed, God has blessed. The very mean father of the groom sent me a text yesterday, as a matter of fact. His text said, I loved her first by Heartland. Perfect song for a guy in your position. I still cry every time I hear it. I'm like, thanks, Bob. That's really helpful. It's what I need. But he's right. If you don't know the song, um, it's okay. There's a great, there's a, it's okay because we're not doing the daddy daughter dance to I loved her first. Okay. I didn't make it so well through the daddy daughter dance last year. So I think we're doing LMFAO or something for, you know, this time. <laughs> But there is a great line in the, in the Heartland song. It says, from the first breath she breathed, when she first smiled at me, I knew the love of a father runs deep. The great line. And I hope that wherever you're at sitting here today, I hope that wherever you're at listening to me today, that you will understand that the love of the father does run deep, but it's not the love of your father. It's not the love of me as a father. It's the love of the father. It's the fact that the psalmist told us, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on us. He understands who we are. He loves us. And he loved us so much, he loved us first. Actually, that song's not true. God loved Lauren first, not, not me. I know the love of a father runs deep, but God makes up for everything that we do. And God has called you here today to say, I want to be your father. I want to be your father, no matter whether you came from a good legacy or a bad. Please let me into your life. And during communion right now, you can do that. Let's pray. Lord, if there are people out there who need a heavenly father today, all they have to do is say, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. All they have to do is say, Jesus, I need you to die. I know that you needed to die on the cross for my sins, and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. God, I want to follow you. Just help us as we come to you on Father's Day. Again, as, as Dad said, some, sometimes it's difficult. Maybe they've lost their, their father. Maybe their relationship wasn't good. Even if it was good, there are always going to be imperfect times because we are just human beings and we're going to mess up. But we come back to you for a do-over right now as we eat this bread, drink this cup. We remember that you are the God of forgiveness, that you are the God of mercy, and that you are the God who is big enough with one arm to handle all of our problems. So we commit ourselves to you during this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.